0: Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, welcome to church, everybody, and welcome to part two of Say No to FOMO. I'm really excited about this series. I think it's really going to bless our church community. And so I encourage you to open up your hearts during the series. You know, you can hear a title like Say No to FOMO and almost kind of think, oh, it's a little bit um, shallow, like it's not very deep teaching. But we are actually really believing that this is an important start to our year for our church community. So wherever you are, I encourage you to open up your hearts and really ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you have got your Bible, would you turn with me? To Philippians 4, 4 to 9. And it says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Amen. So grateful for that. And the peace of God will transcend, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. This was a scripture from our biblical living series. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. This is Paul speaking. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need for. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any In every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Let's pray and get into our message today. God, we just want to give the start of the year to you, Lord. We ask that you would come and you would be with our church family. Would you bless us? Would you speak? Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness these past few years. And we just pray, Lord, uh, for your blessing over this year and Father, even for your blessing over this series, that you would speak to us, that you would reveal things in our hearts that need to be dealt with before we head into this year in order for your church to continue to be built and for it to be strong. Holy Spirit, would you speak today? Father, I just welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and move, that these words would be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name. And every person said, Amen. We are living in unprecedented times of anxiety, stress, consumerism, dissatisfaction, but most of all, loneliness. Loneliness is just running rife at the moment, and it's so heartbreaking to see the level of loneliness, the degree to which loneliness is just in our society right now as a result of so many things, but hugely as a result of COVID. After um, over two years of lockdowns, we, in my opinion, have now reached the ultimate people-watching season. People-watching. I don't know who of you out there are a people watcher like me, but I am a people watcher. My people watching is like, you head to a cafe, you sit down, and I could literally sit there by myself drinking a coffee, and I enjoy thinking about what the people around me do. What are their lives like? Who are they? what's going on in their world. I enjoy people watching. I find people really interesting. But the weird thing now is when we think about it, people watching has moved beyond watching in the physical. When we'd say, oh, I'm a people watcher, we would mean, What I've described, that we would go to a cafe or sit at a park and enjoy just watching people. People are walking their dogs and you're like, oh, great, that's a dog person, whatever it might be. But people watching has moved on to something so different today because now online people watching is kind of a way of life. It has become a part of our society, a part of who we are. You often meet people and they say, oh yeah, no, I know you, I've, I've seen you. Oh, haha, ha, I kind of stalked you on social media. I was thinking about this the other day and I was thoughtful of the fact that imagine, or not the fact or this kind of like scenario, imagine if there was some way to tally, like who had been watching you on social media? and like how many minutes they would spend watching you on social media. That would be weird, right? Like I'm sure there's some kind of app out there that kind of determines who your um, biggest audience is or the person who watches you the most. But I think then we would have a little bit bit more self-control because then we would know actually, People know that I'm watching them. But right now, that's not a thing. We are able to look into people's homes. We're able to see their daily routines. I mean, people watching used to be sit at a park and watch someone that you don't know but never quite understand who they are. It is now moved to, oh, I know what you do with your kids in the morning. I actually know what your lounge looks like. I can't wait to sit there and have a coffee from that coffee machine that you bought. It's Breville, right? I mean, it's crazy, the people watching that is now taking place, and for many, social media is our only connect to the outside world. And when there aren't lockdowns, we still watch, we still see, and as a result, we still want what's not ours, and envy them in our hearts, believing that if only we had if only we were. If only, if only, if only, then we might find happiness. That's FOMO, it's the fear of missing out, it's the belief that if we were there, we would be happier. If we were more like that person, we would be happier. Years ago, we didn't have the chance to look into people's lives the way that we do now. We didn't have the chance or or really have the desire to need FOMO, but now we see everything. We people watch everything. And I've said this before, but it's a never ending cycle because of our humanity. As we want for more, we get more, Then we want more, not realizing that more is never enough and so never escaping the anxiety or loneliness it causes in our hearts and our minds, leaving our bodies and our spirits depleted of that which only the eternal can truly satisfy and leaving our souls constantly at war with ourselves, not able to form into the fullness of who we could truly become. And I've said this before because there is An ever moving goalpost of satisfaction and we have got to recognise it. Seriously, we have got to recognize it. It's a huge challenge for me, but it needs to be something that as a community, we recognize as a community of believers who have a faith, who stand there and say, Christ is enough for me. Hey, guess what? We actually have an ever moving goalpost of satisfaction. And we talked about it in our biblical living series about living with contentment. And we kind of mainly talked about stuff But the interesting thing that we are finding today is that the ever moving goalpost of satisfaction actually also includes our friendships, our community and relationships. Let that sink in today. There are so many of us, for so many of us, we have prayed for the friendships that we have today. We have prayed for the kind of community that we have today, and yet we start to realize in its humanness that there are faults. Guess what? We live in an imperfect world. There are faults with everyone and everything. Nothing is perfect, and yet we finally receive what it is that we've been asking God for, hopeful for, we've got a friend, we've got a church community, we're feeling seen, and then we see the faults. It's almost like you, you get married and you're like, whoa, it's gonna be amazing. Or you start dating, you're like, oh my gosh, this person's perfection. And then you spend more than eight hours with them and you realize, whoa, hold up. Have you seen that thing that they do? That, this thing's, I don't know, I'm unsure. I'm unsure about this not sure about it. We do that with our friendships. We do that with our church community. We find faults because the goalpost of satisfaction is always moving. Over the next month, we decided that we would talk about one of the giants that we believe is causing so much anxiety, so much envy, which leads to offense and it leads to loneliness. And that is the idea of FOMO the fear of missing out. We have entitled this series just so that we can kind of have it as like a banner across our hearts. I actually just whacked the, um, you know, what this is, microphone. So if you heard that, that was just like passion and belief that we want to have this as a banner on our hearts. Say no to FOMO. Say no to FOMO. Because we truly believe that FOMO, although a lighthearted term, kind of came in as this lighthearted term, like, oh, I've got FOMO. So funny. Although it's a lighthearted term, has become a deep-seated issue and something we need to address, but not only address, discard, if we want to continue to have a healthy church community and to have healthy lives, believing that we are actually who God says that we are. So I want to build off Levi's message from last week and share some thoughts of my own and bring some truth um, of God's word into this idea of FOMO. So if you're taking notes today, my first point that I want to bring for us is this. FOMO is not a reality, but a thought. FOMO is not a reality, but a thought. It's just a thought. Have you ever sat and daydreamed? I do it all the time. I am the ultimate daydreamer. I move slowly. Um, Levi moves quickly. Sometimes there is a disconnect, but I'm a slow mover. I'm a daydreamer. I am one of those people. I do my very best to be organized. I do my very best to be on time. I literally messaged the guys today who are here, Jaden and Chris, over to my right and was like, guys, I'm going to be on time. Are you going to be there? Make sure you're there. I was late. Guys, I was late. Do you know why I was late? Because I took ages putting on my necklaces. It took so long. I just couldn't get it. It just wasn't happening for me. I am slow and I am a daydreamer. I would sit and daydream about all sorts of things mainly about what I'm going to eat sit at the table daydream what could I be eating today oh my gosh I could make this I could do, I could eat this I could do that I sit in a in a room in my house and I think oh I could repaint the walls what color, would I repaint the walls? I could, I could paint it. Oh, it would look good, that color. Um, I, I daydream about adding an addition onto my house. I'm like, oh, it could be like this and whatever. It would, it would look amazing. I daydream when I look at my house and it's a mess. I daydream about it being clean. But the truth is, is that's not a reality. My daydreams are not a reality. I can daydream all I want about my messy house, but it's not gonna make it clean. Why? Because it's just a thought. Coffee kicks in for me, and I realized that everything I daydreamed was just a thought. None of it was a reality. We need the coffee to kick it, to kick in when it comes to FOMO. Because FOMO is not a reality, it's just a thought. Think about it for a moment. When we get FOMO, we basically believe, the fear of missing out, we basically believe that if we were doing something other than what we were doing, we would be happier. We believe that we are missing out on happiness either right now or in the future. But here's the truth. That is just a thought that we have. It's not the reality. It's our thoughts that are making us feel bad and anxious. What creates your feelings a lot of the time are our thoughts. We have this belief that if we were someone else with some other people uh, doing some other thing, that we would be happy or happier. But that's the great deception of envy and of lust, is that we get what we want and it's never enough we want more because that situation you want whatever it is let's let's um blow it out of i don't know proportion let's say it's to be some cool influential rich lying on a boat in the bahamas person probably exists someone's probably doing that and guess what if they aren't content with who they are they are probably suffering from fomo as well Our happiness and our peace is not found in the situations that we can attain. It's not found in the friendships that we can attain. It's not found in being a part of certain groups. Our peace and our happiness is found in living a biblical life. And part of living a biblical life is taking hold of our unhealthy thoughts that are so often generated from this idea of FOMO, because FOMO is not a reality, it's actually just a thought. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, not of the fear of missing out, but of power and love and self-control. Man, I need self-control in so many areas, but I do believe that we all need self-control when it comes to our thoughts. We cannot let them run rampant, otherwise it um, deceives us and it ruins relationships and community. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. A thought that is obedient to Christ is that Christ is enough and I am fulfilled and I am content with what it is that I have and who I have in my life that I am grateful for all that it is that God has given to me. You know, neuroscientists say that it takes just three seconds for a negative memory to imprint onto the brain, and yet it takes 14 seconds for a positive memory to imprint. 14. How sad is that? We need to recognize that um, our default position is towards holding on to negative thoughts. So if we want to live a life that is not devoured by negativity and negative thoughts, then we actually need to be proactive around our thoughts. We actually need to do what the Bible says and take hold, take captive, it says. How, what an interesting picture. That's like an intruder coming in and you're taking captive. You're like, this is not going anywhere. I'm taking captive of that thought potentially so that it doesn't make it to your heart and create a seed of bitterness that grows and becomes something so ugly. We need to be active, proactive in making sure that we hold on to positive thoughts making sure that when that negative thought gets in that we bring the word of God into our minds and into our thoughts and we say it over and over again until that 14 seconds is up and we make sure that there has been a positive memory imprinted into our thoughts and not a negative. We need to be more thoughtful of, um, for me, it's been this thought, that where I am is the best place to be. Where I am, is the best place to be. And the more times that I say that to myself, the more times I think it, guess what, the more that I felt it. When social media first came out, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden the whole world, I had access to the whole world, it was crazy. And I remember thinking, man, I'd love to be there, I'd love to do this, I'd love to do that, I'd I'd love to hang out with those people, I'd love to connect with these people. And in doing so, I was, I was missing out on the beautiful life that God had given right in front of me. I was missing out on it. And so I started to say this one thing. Do you know what? Where I am is the best place to be. At the time, it may not have felt true, but I started to think it and I started to feel it and I started to believe it. And as I started to feel it, I was no longer having to deal with that sense like, man, I'm missing out. My life is not enough. What I'm doing doesn't count. Let me encourage you. What are you thinking about? What are you saying to yourself? When you see people getting together on social media or when you go and sit with your friends and you see that you're not a part of a message group or when you hear about something that people did, what is your immediate thought? And if it is negative, change it. Don't hold on to it. Change it. Start to believe that where you are is the best place to be. And remember, FOMO is not a reality. It is simply a thought that we need to take hold of. My second point for us today around uh, this idea of FOMO is that FOMO creates an elitist culture. FOMO creates an elitist culture. I said it. In a a world that is now rebelling against celebrity pastor culture, I would say we're not doing that great a job of navigating the root issues. And one of those issues, I believe, is FOMO. Romans 3.23, for me, is one of the most freeing scriptures out there. It says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we are all as bad as each other and we're all as good as each other. We're all the same. We all fall short. FOMO in a church context creates a group or it creates the groups, however small or big the context might be, of people that others feel they need to be connected to in order to feel seen or important or valued or connected into uh, what we would call like the core of the church. And, and this fun FOMO turns into envy, it breeds jealousy, it breeds celebrity culture, obsession, idolising, and it breeds hurt. The danger of FOMO is that it can take wonderful, healthy friendship groups and accuse them of being cliques. It takes a healthy community and it causes it to become divided. It makes others feel small and unseen because we've created an incredible An in crowd and an out crowd, we've created pedestals and it breeds celebrity culture in the church. Let me say this if you're new to our church because this has always been a core part and a core value and always will be in our church that obviously we want to always leave room in our heart for more, more inclusion and welcome. Welcome has always been at the heart of who we are as a church that idea that when you walk into church you might have all of the friends you think you need but then you meet someone and there's a deep connect that person could literally be the best friend you will ever make and we must always leave room in our hearts for more friendships however if we are not careful to protect that idea and continue to look outward and not inward at the people that are within our church continue to protect it and continue to embody the welcome, then we will become so insular and inward focused and end up becoming the opposite of who we set out to be. When this culture gets into the church, instead of focusing on what we have and who we are, we end up focusing on what we don't have and who we are not. And listen when I say this, this is not the fault of a few. We collectively need to understand that in order to beat it. It's the enemy of a healthy community. and, And it is the fault of a healthy community allowing the enemy to get in and cause FOMO to breed. As a church family, We cannot let FOMO get in and cause us to only look inside and look inward and close in so much with a certain group of people that we lose focus on the people that we are looking to bring in to our community. We have got to come back to God's word when faced with FOMO and when faced with this culture that can creep into the church. Like I said, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is more awesome. No one is more holy. No one is going to fulfill your life because you get to be friends with them. John 20.17 says this, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, Uh, This is him, this is Jesus after the tomb talking to Mary Magdalene. Do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them. This is the most amazing scripture of just, we all have the same access to God where it says this, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus speaking to us. We all have the same access, guys. The person next to you is not more special than you. The person up front is not more special than you. Stop looking and believing what the world tells you, which is when someone's put up on a pedestal, they are more important. It is not true, and we cannot allow it in the church. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ. Romans three twenty three to 25 says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another and it's by this, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love, for one another listen when we get insular and we start looking in we start becoming like lord of the flies and eating ourselves alive it gets ugly bring back the days where we cover our brother where we love one another equally where we choose to speak well of one another even when we feel envy creeping in towards them to make sure that we don't partner with the enemy in doing what he loves to do, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the strongest parts of our church has been community and welcome, and yet it could be the area that if we do not protect it, if we are not active in ensuring that it is our strength, it could become our weakness. FOMO seems innocent enough until we've created an elitist culture that we all start to resent. And we have got to ask ourselves, what kind of community do we want to create? Levi and I want to build the kind of church where we all take every opportunity to get to know the people in our church family. We wanna build the kind of church community where Christ is the center, not people. Christ is the center. And, and get a community where we connect well, That we, where we find friendships, and when there's a good connect that we love those people, get to know those people deeply. Create the kind of friendships where friends end up going on holidays together, where their children grow up together, where iron sharpens iron, where the friendship is so deep and so real and so authentic that you can pull each other up for the things that we do or the things that we're not doing. In um, you know, the months to come, we'll be talking about peer mentorship. It's the idea that discipleship doesn't just come from the pulpit. Discipleship doesn't just come from leaders. It comes from peers. It comes from friendships. It comes from deep and meaningful relationships in our humanity we glorify the same and we need to recognize that and in the church we have to get rid of it but it's often the unseen where the gold lies we are all human no one is more special than the other we've all sinned all fall short the closer you get to anyone the worse they get the, the better they get because you get a great relationship with them But the closer you get to anybody, the worse they get. Why? Because you start to see, like I said earlier, all of the imperfection. No matter what you get close to in this world, you start to see the areas that in our hearts, it disappoints us. And yet we've got to recognize we all fall short. Everything falls short in this world. That's why we live for the eternal. That's why it's only the eternal that is going to satisfy us, no matter who you get close to, we're all the same. We are all the same. We're all as bad and as good as each other. Your life is not necessarily going to get happier if you finally get to be best friends with Chris Spencer because he leads worship. He's not gonna show up at your house and sing you, you know, to bed or like that sounds weird but he's not gonna show up and be like yeah here I am with my guitar because I'm your best friend and now your life's better your life is not going to be better because Judy Oduro becomes your friend and she dresses cool your life will be better when you take captive your thoughts address FOMO for real love the people you have in your life and next time when you're in a local group or some kind of environment like that and connect really well with someone, be bold, invite them to coffee, and watch a wonderful and worthwhile friendship blossom. That's how friendships happen. That's how they work. And listen, if you have real trouble figuring out the steps to making friends, let's talk about it. Talk to someone who you know is really friendly and has lots of friends. Get some advice and then start to outwork that in your life because it is worth it. It takes time. It takes effort. But every person in our congregation has something to offer. Every person is interesting. We are all the same. And there is opportunity for deep and wonderful friendships all around you. My third and final point today is FOMO, minimizes your value. FOMO just minimizes your value. Let's just call it, call it what it is. FOMO minimizes your value personally, in communities, and in relationships. And that's why we need to come back to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price and a great price at that. So glorify God in your body. Be grateful for you. Be grateful for who you are as a human. Psalm 139, 1 to 16, it's long, and I'll try and jump through it. It says, you have searched me, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down. It goes on and on to talk about how God wants to be with us, that no matter where we go, the creator of heaven and earth is always with us. What does that say about you? It says that you are worth it. You are valuable. You are interesting. It then says at the end of this passage of scripture, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's you. You are so valuable that the God of heaven and earth knit you together. Picture that for a moment and think about that. God loves you so much that he was willing to be portrayed as a knitter. I just thought about that yesterday. I've listened to that scripture and read that scripture so many times. And yet yesterday was the first time that I pictured God sitting down and knitting. That's awesome. Like knitters are great. There are some cool like knitting clubs and all of that jazz. But God is like, man, you're so awesome that the God of the universe For this moment, when I talk about how you were made, I'm going to describe myself as a knitter. How good? Knitters are like, they're very precise. You know, they sit there making their toques and it's it's tough to make a toque. I've tried knitting, it's actually really difficult. Imagine knitting together the complexity of a human. That is you and that makes you interesting. It makes you one of a kind. It means you have something to offer this world. When you feel FOMO and start saying things like, I'm just not someone people want to get to know, you know, you you and others start believing it. Do you know why? Because we project it onto people. The way we feel about ourselves is projected onto others. And we must understand that there are only so many people who know how to connect with someone who doesn't value themselves. And they're one of two people. They're either incredibly whole, empathetic, and loving people, or they're incredibly hurt, mean, and abusive people. That's why we need to come to a point where we value who we are. We must start telling ourselves a new story for our sake. And for the sake of our church community, John 14, one to three, says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. The church is to be God's kingdom here on earth. And just like there is space for all with him in eternity, so there is a place for you in his church. I do believe that God puts people around us for a reason. I do believe that he brings us into church families for a reason. But so often we get tunnel vision and we get inward focused and we miss out on all that God has placed to our left and to our right. We need to start looking around and recognizing God has placed you where you are for a reason. And he has got friendships for you. He has got deep community for you. FOMO is just a thought and you don't need to feel it. You don't need to believe it. You can actually believe that where you are is the best place to be. And in doing so, we create a healthy kind of church family. You are his masterpiece. Value the people in your life. Build with the end in mind, not next week in mind, not three months in mind. Don't build because you've got someone's birthday in mind that you're hoping to be invited to. Build with the end in mind, deep, meaningful friendships that ensure you no longer have to deal with that FOMO feeling. Don't allow FOMO to minimize the value of yourself, your community, your relationships. Let's pray. God, we just, um, we thank you for this word. Father, we, we um, just come to you right now. Every single one of us. For those who are tuning in from a different country, from a different city, wherever it may be. Lord, would you just search our hearts and would you reveal things to us that need to come to the forefront? Holy Spirit, would you speak? And would you help us to shift thoughts and mindsets that we have that are lies from the enemy? Father, would you help us to think healthy thoughts? Would you speak to us, Lord, through your word? Father, through your word today, if there are things that you are wanting to really highlight in our lives, Lord, would you highlight those things right now? And Lord, would you bring them to the forefront? And Lord, would you deal with them? And right now I just wanna offer every person just a time, just a few moments, just to actually, wherever you might be, to just come to God and, just, and, and have a repentant moment. You know, repentance is actually a really beautiful thing. It's just starting again. It's an awesome, awesome opportunity that we all get. I'm so grateful for repentance. But as we start off this year, let's really allow God to search our hearts And just come to him and say, Lord, we just repent of any envy, jealousy, strife, the the feelings in our hearts that are causing anything unhealthy to get into our lives, into our relationships, into our church community. Father, we repent and we ask, would you just bring healing? Father, would you bring healing to people who need healing? I'm sure there are many of us who just need deep healing, Lord. Would you bring healing? Would you give us the steps that we need to take in order to get on that journey of healing? Father, would you bring encouragement? I pray right now that there would be words spoken to people, that they would hear your voice, that we would have an open ear towards hearing your voice about what you have to say about who we are and what we have to offer. Father, would you speak right now? Holy Spirit, would you move on our hearts right now? We're so grateful to you, God. We are grateful for the breath in our lungs. We are grateful for the roof over our heads. We are grateful for the people in our lives. And we lift up the name of Jesus. And every person said, Amen. Amen if you're tuning in today and you don't have a relationship with god i want to read you a scripture that is actually mentioned three times in the bible romans 10:13 says this everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved it's also said again in joel 2:32 and everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved but wait there's more It said again in Acts 2, 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know that when you get an invitation three times, that you're truly invited, right? That there's never been a half invite when it comes to God. There has never been the excuse for us of FOMO with God, of fear of missing out. He went um, above and beyond. Some of the translations say whoever, whoever would believe, it's an open invitation to walk into a relationship with him. The God of the universe wants a relationship with you. And he invites us over and over and over again. No need to feel as though, are we really invited to the party? Is there really a room for me with him in eternity? He does everything he can to make sure that we know that the door is open and the welcome is there. And so I encourage you today, if that's you, you're not walking with God, you don't have a relationship with him, this could be the best moment of your life. Take the bold step, be courageous, and decide to walk into the welcome that God has given to you. Jesus died on a cross for you, It was an incredible moment where he paid the price of all of the stuff that we've done. And through his blood, our sins are washed away when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. It's like he steps in front and when the Father looks and sees us, he doesn't see us with all of the issues and with all of the sin. He sees his son, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. It's an incredible, incredible picture. And it's not just for me. It's not just for a few chosen people, it is for everyone. And so if that's you today, I would love to pray a prayer with you. And I'm going to say a line of a prayer. And by saying each line, you're inviting Jesus to come and be that person who stands in front. You're inviting him to come and live in your heart. And so let's pray this prayer together, wherever you might be. I encourage you to close your eyes and if you're tuned in today and you're a Christian, I encourage you to pray right now and be praying for every person who might be making this decision today. And for those of you who are praying, really pray this from your heart. The prayer goes like this. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what it is you did for me. I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. And today, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. I repent and I turn from my ways and I look to you. I ask, come into my life, be my Lord, be my saviour. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And every person said, Amen, amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, just wanna give you a huge congratulations. It's an incredible, incredible decision to make. And we have got some hosts who would love to actually make sure that your journey doesn't just stop here. We would like to make sure that you have answers to questions that you might have, that you have community that you have relationship, that you have access to ongoing discipleship. And so if you did make a decision, would you just click that button that says raise your hand and one of our hosts will get in touch with you so that we can walk this journey with you. Well, that's it from me, church. Love you so much. I hope that you're enjoying this FOMO series. And I'm really excited about moving and heading into our discipleship, our eight-week discipleship series that is coming up as well. We'll see you next week. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.